Step outside the wire. Veterans Operation Command. You're listening to Bach Radio with Rob and Doc. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining in and listening. This is Veterans Operations Command, VOC Radio with Robin Doc, and I am Rob Pive, a United States Navy veteran, and sitting to my side, guest hosting today for our illustrious Doc Buttry is Eric Cowdery, U.S. Army veteran and chief executive officer for Dynamic Munitions, the place where we happen to be recording from here in beautiful Katy, Texas. Hey, uh, anyway, uh, Eric, jump in here on the mic. Man. Hi, Thanks Ron. for joining in, What's dude. up, guys? <laughs> All right, so uh, Doc Buttrey was a little busy today. He could not break away. He is a busy, busy man, and that's all right. We've always got good substitutes. Now, Eric's going to sub in for the first portion of the show, and then we've got everyone's favorite law enforcement officer. If you ever get... Favorite? Get, uh, well, I'll tell you what. If you can get him into a dojo, he will let you kick his ass. Correct. That is true. Yeah, he will literally let you kick his ass. And so um, who am I talking about? I'm talking about the founder and, and president for Advanced Weapons and Tactic Training, AWOT, Michael Emrod Rodriguez. And a lot of people out there know Emrod because they've trained with him at some point or, or time or another. Uh, he's been quite around the, the network and the system. He's, uh, he's just an all-around great guy. He knows how to shoot. He knows how to train for all kinds of circumstances, uh, pistols, carbines, close-quarter combat. Knows where uh, to find the hand best hand taco stands? He, does he? He does. <laughs> I've been know. with him. We found tacos. Wow. Well, he, as he says, although when you look at him, you, you'd never believe it. No. Uh, he's, I am Mexican. And I'm like, well, I, yeah, your last name's Rodriguez. I get that. But he's perhaps the most Caucasian Mexican I've ever met. Fact. Yeah. 100% fact. Oh, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he, he definitely he definitely puts the mystery yeah. in, in, but, his, in his Mexican But we love heritage. him for sure. That's for oh, sure. he's a great guy. Great guy. He's hilarious, spoken. funny, never a dull moment, can't keep his mouth shut. Uh, you guys won't even have to hear me run my suck. Because when Emrod's in the room, basically, he just takes over. There's no room. Yeah. So Emrod will join me in when uh, Dan Crenshaw comes and join us. And uh, oh, I spilled the beans right there. Ooh. So I'm talking about our guest who's going to be coming in, uh, United States Navy veteran, retired Lieutenant Commander Dan Crenshaw. And he is a local Houston boy, grown up here in the uh, Katy area, as a matter of fact. And he's running for the uh, Texas Congressional District 2 seat, recently vacated by his honor, Ted Poe. Ted Poe has been a, a fantastic and longtime uh, congressman here for us in the Houston area. His district's a very conservative one. Ted's a Republican, very much a Tea Party district, as, as I've been told. And, you know, for folks that don't know, it's, you know, I, I did a little bit of work with, with uh, his honor and his team, especially their fantastic team. But uh, their time is done and it's time to fill the shoes. And why not throw a veteran in there? And we, uh, we initially had two veterans running in the Republican sector and one in the Democratic sector. Dan is the only veteran left standing. Uh, and he's forced to run off against a, a, a very well-backed opponent here. And he took out the biggest and the biggest financially backed opponent uh, leading up to force this runoff. So Dan came in as an underdog, and he's just been, well, you know, I, I guess common with Navy SEALs. He's just been kicking ass. Warrior mentality. Warrior mentality. You never quit. Outwork your your competition. 
And uh, he's done it the old-fashioned way. He's got out there with grassroots politicking. Uh, he's reached out to, you know, the, the, the good people. He ran his entire district. I mean, literally, marathon ran. He, yeah. he ran, what, four marathon four, distances yeah. uh, in four days to cover it. And, I know, and he, on day number one, he wrenched his knee. Yeah. Uh, but like a true warrior... He uh he did not quit and nope. he he forged on and he just ate the pain and and ran the entire freaking district and wasn't even breathing hard when he was done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a little envious of that. I but, get about 13 feet and I'm done. Right? <laughs> no kidding. Well, and Dan's one of many illustrious veterans who are running for political office this year. And I mean, we're not going to focus in on the state or the local levels. Uh, because there's even more if you start to count it. But just in the federal level, there are a number of veterans, and, and one of the vets who has really made a huge hit out there is Nick Friedis. Uh, he's a delegate candidate for the congressional seat in the Virginia House of Delegates. And uh, you may have heard of Nick. He did this outstanding speech uh, in front of Congress on behalf of the Second Amendment. Uh, it came out, oh, I guess back in March, March, early March, right? And if you haven't looked him up, uh, definitely do. Nicholas J. Friedas, and it's F-R-E-I-T-A-S. Uh, just phenomenal. I don't know if he's a retiree or if he got out before doing 20, but nonetheless, Nick is first class all the way as well. He's a, he's a Dan Crenshaw type of candidate, and this is what we love seeing. We love seeing the warrior class uh, engaged. Yeah, engaged in getting into political office. It seems like we got away there for a while, especially with presidents. Right. The political you know, correctness kind of took over it, um, a lot of that spot. Uh, too much so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to get too politically here right. on the show, but let's just face it, man. It got to the point where you couldn't even look at somebody the wrong way accidentally without having to somebody who got their feelings hurt and offended. And then, of course, they wanted to suppress you and, you know, basically get you toss out of country. Uh, Okay, I might be a little bit exaggerating, (laughs) but come on, guys. The politically correct movement went way too far, and it's time to to kind of shift back, if you will. I I mean, okay, I'm a little bit of an old-school guy. I remember the days when you know, off-color jokes on TV shows, on variety shows. The mainline TV it were was a commonplace. Constant. Yeah, it was a constant. And if that stuff were to happen today, you would see all kinds of organizations going up in arms and calling for people's heads. And, I mean, good Lord, it's just it's gotten ridiculous. But then you get those same people turning around, and they'll make a video or a photo of themselves holding what appears to be a decapitated head of our current POTUS. Yeah. Kathy Griffin. I'm yeah. not, nope. not going to mention no, any no names, names, Kathy Griffin. No names. But now she She's all upset because her career literally went in the tank. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> Not that she had a career. Good point. <laughs> Anyhow. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll get off. Hey, so there's, we've got a lot of stuff going on here. I mean, Dynamic Munitions, you guys just got back from the NRA show. We did. We were there for the entire show. We rented a house as opposed to getting a booth um, simply because uh, it's just more feasible. It's easier to go to the shows, find the people, bring them to the house. Um, you know, entertain them, feed them. I mean, everybody loves you if you feed them. No matter oh, my what. God. They yeah. can come and not Give even listen. Give me food and yeah. a drink. I'm there. I don't even care what you're doing. You got food and drink. I'm in. Yeah. I may um, never leave. <laughs> right. We made some good connections up there. Met a lot of people. Um, I don't know if you know Chris Serino from Top Shot. I got oh to meet God. him. Uh, Pigman, local Texan. Yeah. Um, got an autographed hat from him. Nice. Um, so it was really good. It was great to see 30,000 people showed up and no one died. No one got shot. That is. At the NRA show. That is a miracle. It is. 
Yeah. I mean, there was guns. Because I'm sure they pointing. were all packing. They were pointing everywhere. Right. Guns everywhere. And, e- and every single one of them was an NRA member, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Not one person. Not one person died. Not one fatality. Um, I had some, some bad uh, sloppy Joes <laughs> that <laughs> may have been yeah. a, a part of my casualty there. But no, I mean, he it was foul. crazy. It's, it's yeah. not good. <laughs> But well, yeah, we got lots of big things going on here. But I mean, this—I mean, Dan Crenshaw. What can I say? I mean, the guy's a, a warrior, a patriot. Um, I'm really excited to meet this man. Um, we did the uh, his sponsored shoot a couple weekends ago. We right. supplied all the ammo for that, and I got to meet his father and some of the other people that are responsible for helping him propel into uh, this runoff that he is surprisingly uh, not really. I don't want to say surprisingly. That's the wrong word. Um, uh, knowingly bounced into this runoff. Yeah, he did an amazing job, and I'll tell you what, Dan has has been surrounded by and and he'll tell you himself uh when he gets here that uh you know he he didn't go out recruiting people to be on his team nope. uh people have come by and large from from all walks of life and i know because i i got to meet him early and, and he invited me in to help with the uh, veteran side of things with his campaign and i was honored to be able to to offer up any kind of assistance that i could i've gotten to know his dad know his dad and and his entire team out there and all the veterans that you know once i started putting the word out that started to come out it was absolutely awesome to watch the houston veteran community has been amazing uh in its support and uh and I'm not talking about just for Dan. I mean, we had a number of, of veterans that were uh, running for office here locally, school board trustees, uh, you name it, running for various offices. Some of them went far. Some of them did not. Most of them did not. Uh, from all sides, we had libertarians, Republicans, and, and Democrats. And, and I knew everybody not everybody that was running, but I knew just about everybody personally and all all those uh, uh, political party sides and uh, the, just to see the support coming out for them. And a lot of times it was nonpartisan support right. um, uh, just because we knew that they were great people and they're coming from our community. I, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Uh, honestly, we just need more vets in right. office. I think, I think me and you were talking. Um, uh, I'm not sure what what time frame we were talking about, you know, there used to be a huge veteran presence in, in the Congress, you know. Oh, you know, it was enormous. Enormous. And now it's, yeah. you can't, you can barely count them on our one hand. I mean, yeah. we, we need that back that, you know, serve the country, you know, in one way or the other, and then go in to serve our country in Congress and the Senate, you know, is, is something that we need to push for even more. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. That is, that's absolutely correct. And granted, you know, it, to the defense of our current, uh, line of candidates. Okay, yes, in World War II, Korea and Vietnam, yes, the draft was going on. Right. Uh, there was a lot of conscription uh, in terms of service. You were obligated two, three years and whatnot if if you got called up. Uh, but, you know, starting in from 1976, I believe, 75, 76, 19, anyway, time frame. I know I was a wee lad, but I was alive. Uh, it went to an all-volunteer force. Now, right. you still, at age 18, you still have to uh, um, register register for the draft. Uh, and I remember that day, too, going down <laughs> to the post office with my mother, who insisted on going with me and, and right. we registered for the draft. I think but, Gillette sent me a uh, like a $4 razor when I signed up online. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Man, I didn't get squat. <laughs> You guys get all kinds right. of stuff I'll, nowadays. I'll but no, that's guys. good. Yeah, militaries and veterans are far better supported these days by the general public, uh, and we are better off for it. I don't, I don't have any hard feelings about that. But right. nonetheless, is that we do have to admit that since 1975-76 time frame, we have been running on an all-volunteer force, which means that number of people who serve, has the percentage of population has actually reduced significantly. Yes. And I think the total number, if you count the military today, it's less than 8%. Wow. 
of the population uh, in service. And that's unheard of. Now, granted, technology is also doing a wonderful thing for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are the most formidable military in the world, the United States is. And considering that we're doing this with an all-volunteer force, that should tell you something. It should tell you something. Tell you something of, about the heart of, of this nation and the people that, that comprise yeah, it. Absolutely. So, yeah, you know, the, the percentages have shrunk of military folks uh, and whatnot. And so I guess that should be expected yeah. in, in our representation of government uh, uh, yeah, servants. Not everybody's just going to jump into the government service. It's, you know, right. it's got its ups and downs. But I will tell you this. After, you know, having 16 years of this global war on terror, you know, now what we're seeing today is there is a slew of warfighters out there. And most of us ha- will, at some level, g- uh, will admit to being fed up. Yes. Absolutely, Absolutely fed up with the system, the way it's been going. Congress, we need term limits. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. I mean, 42 years, 50 years in Congress? Seriously? No. All right. But you know, going back with the public office, let's, let's look at this. So we have a very high number of veterans that are running for service, public service. And uh, in my opinion, it's, it's just greatly needed. And we'll get off this topic, guys. I know we've kind of beat it to death. But uh, nonetheless, we're excited. Dan Crenshaw coming in just kind of lit that off and, and uh, what have you. But uh, uh, again, uh, congratulations to Dynamic Munitions for having a great NRA yes, thank uh, you. show. It, you guys didn't have a booth this year. Nope, nope. Because uh, yeah, it's kind of your first year going to the NRA. It is, and it's very overwhelming. I don't know. Um, a lot of people show up to these things, but some people just don't understand the feat that you have to go through. Is It's, it's literally six and a half, seven acres of booths oh, yeah. that you have to walk through. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love the NRA, but their structure for labeling uh, booths is horrendous <laughs> <laughs> at best. But we found our way around, and uh, it was it was a great show. And um, like I said, it was everything we could have dreamed of for sure. Well, it's uh, it's definitely your crowd. Yes, there sure. wasn't a single gun hating person to no. be seen. Right? And I've seen everything. Um, it's weird because I can see over everybody, so I saw everything. <laughs> every booth out there. I saw pretty much. <laughs> At seven foot, At seven why wouldn't foot. he? <laughs> All right. No, no, I guess we're going to take a quick break here, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. I know this is a podcast. This isn't radio, but we still got to pay the bills. So what we're going to do is we're going to just have a nice little pass through, let you guys hear a little bit something about the good folks who are making this show possible. And we'll be back in 30 to 45 seconds. In high heels, she's five foot three. Hey, this is Doc Butcher with Counter-Strike Coffee. Make sure you guys are loading up that coffee cup in the morning with some freedom fuel. That's right, Counter-Strike Coffee. Go to www.counterstrikecoffeecompany.com. Use discount code STRIKEBACK and get 15% off your next order. All right, that's Counter-Strike Coffee. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're all over it. Doc out. This is Boone Cutler, and you're listening to VOC Radio with Rob and Doc right here on HeroesMediaGroup.com. Play that again. I love it. I saw somebody stage diving over here in the, in the, in the engineer's booth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sit <laughs> down. Oh, come on. 
All right, so um, the Vok Doc Talk could go crazy right now. Um, I will discuss the uh, number 19 veteran out of the 22 that are doing some positive stuff in our community. But today I want to discuss just a little bit about how ridiculous this Starbucks, you know, social media has turned to where it's like Starbucks versus veterans. Okay. Right. It's gone to, you know, and you guys know I do coffee, Counter-Strike coffee, veteran-owned and operator. I know. Here out of Houston. Learn something new every day. And, like, I'm not going to lie, since they they put it out there the way they did, uh, my business has, like, exploded. Mm-hmm. It has gone nuts. And I, I'm trying to handle these orders. Like, I'm trying to tell people, like, look, I'm going to get your stuff. I'm going to put more in stock. But just be patient because this is nuts right now. Right. Apart from everything else, from SHOT Show and Sundance Film Festival and meeting all these different people and other people, you know, putting stories out about me and the company, this goes down with Starbucks, okay? So Starbucks had made this... Um, uh, I guess a declaration almost a, that a statement, the CEO a statement. Yeah, yeah. You know that they're going to, they want to hire 10,000 refugees. Okay. The issue is, is they kind of left it open to interpretation. Right. All right. But then the veteran community, uh, I'm sure there's plenty others like looked at it in a way and then turned it to like, um, okay, well, what about us? Mm-hmm. You know, and just went nuts with it, and it has gone viral. So, you know, there's other, you know, um, veteran-owned companies that have kind of responded to this. I kind of was like, hey, Starbucks, thanks for throwing that out there because now people are com- com- coming to me, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, I'm not going to support that because I don't want to support, you know, refugees. I want to p- support, you know, veteran-owned business. So another company said, well, you hire 10,000 refugees we're going to hire 10,000 veterans. Right. Okay, that's great. So here, <laughs> and, and there's banter back and forth going all the way around, all right? Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. Okay, so I see what Starbucks is doing. They want to hire refugees. If the refugees are here, okay, which it, it's not a bad idea because then they're not living off the government. Sure. Okay. Right. Of course, lots of controversy with refugees you know are they extremists are they this do they really want to conform like what what is going on here mm-hmm. we don't know but i see what starbucks is doing all right then you turn and you got this veteran company wants to hire 10,000 veterans that's that's great that's a sure let's do it but you know also uh starbucks has hired thousands of veterans they have don't, don't forget that that's so right so why are is is our community making this a crying game like what about us and it's like Let's step back. Let's look at this, the, the big picture. But like I said, there's so much out for interpretation. You guys figure it out for yourself, um, you know, what you think. And if you want to, write into you know, our page and, and see how that goes. But otherwise, if you guys want to be a champion in the veteran community, you better stay tuned to Vok Radio. She shoots whiskey and Hey, this is Doc Butchery, and apart from doing silver bullets and prostate checks, I'm doing Vok Radio with Rob.
That's right. We're coming to you here each and every week, courtesy of Heroes Media Group. Adam Bird and the gang, they are, uh, we're just part of this wonderful big family. And we're glad to be part of the growing family of heroes, which can count your, your military, your veterans, and sports. Join in every single week, heroesmediagroup.com. Doc? Or you can check us out at voc-radio.com. We have a new website. Who knew? This is Boone Cutler, and you're listening to VOC Radio with Rob and Doc right here on heroesmediagroup.com. Pick up your gun tonight we run to the border. All right, uh, thanks for hanging in there, everybody. And uh, sorry we had to take that little break, but you know we got to pay the bills every so often. But you're listening into uh, VOC Radio, Veterans Operations Command, here with uh, Rob and Doc. And today I've got standing in for Doc, who had to run out the door real quick, our one and only favorite law enforcement, Emrod Michael Rodriguez, with AWOT Class. AWOTClass.com. Dot com. And I'm just going to say that Doc's not here yeah. because he's scared of the guest. Well, of course he's he horrified is. of him. Doc only deployed with Marines. That's he, what I'm you saying. Know, yeah. you know, he's, <laughs> he can't handle it. He can't handle it. He begged me to come in here and take his place. All right. And not only do we just have Emrod here on the mic with us, but we have our guest finally in studio, and that is our uh, former Navy SEAL, retired, and current Texas candidate for Congressional District 2, uh, Dan Crenshaw. Dan, thanks for coming in the studio, man. Long wow. time uh, in the works, and finally you get the day here. It's great to be here with you, Rob. Um, it, it's really an honor. Uh, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. We've been talking about it for a long time. For too long? Yeah. <laughs> Since the, what, the Army-Navy game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I know. Well, the studio build, then we had to get everything correct, and even though you can see we're still a work in progress here, uh, but looks, uh, nonetheless, it's, looking com- good. it's coming along. Hey, what the most important part is that the equipment works. Yes. You know, yes. So that we're actually recording now, and, and it sounds decent. And that we don't break it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So for our listeners and those are the guys that tuned in specifically to hear from Dan, we're going to get right in the nitty-gritty you know, because Dan is two weeks away from runoff election for the Republican primary position for District 2. Now, Dan, you pulled off a major coup in a lot of ways. Not a lot of people gave you hope. And I know this because I've... I've I've been helping you in campaign yeah. for what I can do and, and in my contacts here in Houston and, and in the veteran community. And I got to tell you, I mean, a lot of people told me you didn't stand a snowball's chance. Mm-hmm. And yet you pulled it off. Right. Well, you know why, Rob? Because we had people like you who did believe. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it really comes down to that. This stuff isn't all that complicated. We can look at statistics. We can look at polling. We can look at money raised. And, and you're exactly right. You take all, talk to all the political experts. And all they do is talk about how you you know you haven't raised much money, you haven't done this, you haven't done that, this, 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 and that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, in the end, isn't it just about connecting with voters? Isn't, isn't in the end that's what you're supposed to do? Absolutely. Why, why are we overcomplicating this? Just connect with voters, and that takes a little bit of work, and mm-hmm. it does take money. Right. You gotta get your message out there. Certainly. But you know, in the end, if you if you just focus on why you're doing this, and you know why, that comes off with voters. And if you're genuine and you're honest. Um, and you know what you're talking about with, with, with respect to policy, and you know yourself and you're willing to share yourself with people, mm-hmm. you can connect with voters. Um, and and if, you have, if you're blessed enough to, again, meet people like you and, and so many others who, who believed in us early on, because you're right, you know, we heard it all the time. Um, hey, if this doesn't work out, you know, try something else. You know, I hope you keep up the good fight. Right. Maybe my wife are always like, what is that supposed to mean? Uh, <laughs> well, that, yeah. that doesn't yeah. compute why to you anyway, why right? We, why don't we just win right now? 
Uh, wouldn't, True. That, wouldn't that be better? Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Well, and, you know, and, and that kind of Viking mentality, right, where you sail to the land that you're going to go conquer, you sink your boats, burn them down. There's no leaving until you win and you conquer, and then you can rebuild your boats and go back to the motherland. Yeah. And uh, that was one of the things that instantly I knew that you're going to have this fortitude because you said, I am willing to outwork all my opponents, and outwork for everybody for this this office. And I don't know if you remember that, but you were saying that really early in the campaign. Yeah. And I thought, well, okay, I, I kind of know a few you know former team guys out there. They do have a tendency to have a high high degree of work ethic yeah. uh, and commitment to to their goals and visions and what have you. So uh, this was this was exciting for me. And that you know, seeing a veteran getting to this position, I can't go into too much detail, but I'd done some work with uh, Ted's office uh, yeah. with. Craig Sawman Sawyer, the human trafficking side of things, yeah. and so yeah, Ted, that was that, that was a Ted platform that that Ted supported very well. And nonetheless, as I felt like this was a, a fantastic, it was my district. I have a vote; it counts. So why not, you know, meet you, get in, uh, get behind you, and and help out? But I got to tell you, the just the number one thing that gave me the complete confidence that you can definitely take this all the way and uh, and win this seat is the fact that you took out. One of two very well established and very well financed uh, and well known candidates. In fact, sh- she was the most well known. Yeah. And uh, everybody said that that was the one that you had to beat. And your dad had told me right in the beginning well, the only strategy we have is to force a runoff because we don't think we'll be able to get enough momentum in this shorter period of time. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, that's, that's a difficult strategy to work for. But you, again, you, you did it. Yeah. And we were there that night, uh, the election night, at your election party headquarters, if you will. And to just to watch you come in and eventually, I mean, in the final hour, overtake uh, Kathleen and, and secure that runoff position with you and uh, Kevin Roberts. That was, for one, I mean, that, that th- in my opinion, and I'm not, sorry, I'm sitting here sounding like a fanboy, jump in anytime, Amrod, and, and smack, <laughs> s- smack okay. me down. <laughs> but uh, no, I, this, this, this has me believing, and a lot of other people too, because as you know, with whom all I've been involved with and helping out with the campaign, they're 100% behind you now. They literally, like me, believe you've got all the momentum in the world to take this. And yeah. I'll uh, tell you what impresses me about it uh, from the outside looking in. I've never met you before today, right? So, but you've been watching. I've been watching, right? Okay. And, and I don't know how I feel about that. Well, <laughs> you, you, and half, you and half, the, uh, half my neighbors. Anyway, so just watching how effective your message and your branding has come across and the honesty of the campaign, it's impressive. And, uh, and I don't mean that as in everybody else is terrible, but it's very rare that you see a guy or a candidate go in and say, okay, I'm going to outwork everybody else. I don't care how much money they have. I'm just going to flat outwork them. And you go, yeah, right, 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 yeah. That's yeah. the Obama promise, right? We're going to change everything, and nothing changed. Um, so to see, <laughs> unfortunately, for the positive, yeah, for the positive, yeah, unfortunately, there was it's true. Change. There's a lot of bad change, <laughs> yeah. but um, to see you do that, man, from the outside looking in, no contact with you, just to watch you work, man, I have been, me and my guys, uh, all my guys, super impressed. Yeah, I mean, the veteran community is behind you. Every veteran I've talked to is just like, man, this guy is squared away. He is just going to make it happen. It impresses me, man. I, I love the fact that this country. You can still come in in the ninth hour, right, and go, you know what? Everything is messed up. I don't like the way it's running. No one's going to fix it. I'm going to step up and fix it. I'm going to take that responsibility. I'm going to risk my family, my privacy, everything that you've given up. And you do it, and you're successful at it. Yeah, and that's that. That is what's really great about this story, and and great about our democracy that this can still happen. 
and you know that we can still beat the establishment. It's really redefined for me what the establishment is, and it's it's this it's this group that holds on to, to power. You know, and mm-hmm. in Harris County, it's the slates, these pay-to-play slates. Uh, the, your Dr. Holtz and your Terry Lowry, mm-hmm. who 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 are just there to hold on to power. They're not there for the future of the Republican Party. They're not there for the future of conservatism. I don't think they actually care. I think they just care about the paychecks they're getting in. And as politicians, we have to fight against that. We have to pull back from this. All they do is slander. That's all they're good for. Yeah, they're just detached from reality, right? So professional career politicians were never meant to be in this country. No. And, And that's why I love what you're doing, man. I absolutely... I'm just so proud to see you and sit across from you and and say, this dude is doing the way it's supposed to be done, right? Yeah. It's almost like, you know, the old days when Abraham Lincoln sets his axe down and says, you know what, I'm sick of it. I'm going to go get it changed. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to compare myself. No, but <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Well, he's much taller. Honestly, he's, like, yeah. <laughs> he's got a bigger beard. Yeah. But well, hey, the, beards work in politics. That's right. That's, that's, that's another right. thing we're proving. That's, you know, that was, that was taboo also. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, Ridiculous. Well, here, and it, God knows there's a lot of uh, veterans that are running for political uh, seats in the Senate and the House, uh, Congress, in this election period, it seems. Uh, and all of them are making really good, strong pushes, it seems. Uh, at least the ones that I've been following. Now, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. We typically, you know, with our veteran guests, we come in and I talk a little bit about the background. Everybody knows that you were in the teams. Everybody knows that you unfortunately suffered a combat injury and it did uh, affect your vision, most importantly, your right eye and, yeah. and, uh, um, and eventually forced your, your retirement from, from the Navy as a whole. But that, that part of the story anybody can look up because you're already out there. But let's mm-hmm. talk about since the time that you left the Navy the time and the time that you made that decision that you were going to actually run for a congressional seat. Yeah. I know you went to Harvard right after the Navy, or were you still in the Navy when you went to Harvard? It was right after. Okay. Yeah. And so you got your, your master's, and yeah. forgive me, I know yeah. I have this it, all committed it, to memory it, point, it, but... <laughs> it's okay. I thought you were my biggest fan, Rod. Uh, yeah. What yeah. happened? I'm so disappointed <laughs> right now. Second I'm out of here. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> kind of uh, hokey show yeah. is this? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when we, we knew... Even before my Korea deployment, that mm-hmm. okay, that was going to be my last uh, mission overseas, and that I had to start the medical retirement process. Right. Uh, I, I was told that had to happen, and so we were preparing for that. And and, and my wife and I knew that I, I wasn't going to do anything but public service. I mean, that's that that's always what I intended on in, in life. That's that's how I intended to serve, and. So our goal became, you know, how do we how do we shift my tactical, operational, even some you know, behind the scenes strategic experience mm-hmm. um, into policy experience, and th- that's why I chose to go to Harvard. That's why I chose the Harvard Kennedy School of Government um, because it focuses a lot on domestic policy, domestic politics, right? Um, and you know, I, I I was not looking at elected office necessarily, but it was certainly in the back of our minds. We, my wife and I, knew that to really make an impact, we would eventually want to go into elected office because mm-hmm. you, can, you can impact so many different issues all at once. You can have that influence and really help people in a really real way. Um, but, you know, I didn't have political connections. I didn't have money. We've already been over all that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I didn't have a window of opportunity. But then when Ted Poe announced retirement, that became that window of opportunity. Uh, you know, and it, in fact, we look at it as, as God's plan for us Certainly. in so many ways because... Uh, I had a job offer that day that I had to turn down. Literally that day that Ted Poe announced retirement, we were made aware of it and, and made aware of a consultant who would work with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I had to turn down a job that day. If I'd been offered that job a week earlier, it was this was with the Department of Defense doing um, the counterweapons of mass destruction policy. Mm-hmm. I might have taken it and never even right. bothered to look at this. Right. You know, it it, it really goes to show uh, what what can happen in your life and the people that come into your life and God's plan for you and, and how sometimes you just have to stop and listen, and uh, and that's what we did, and that's how we ended, and that's and that's how we ended up right here. Yeah. The the timing of it, I thought was was. Well, it's very fortuitous if you kind of think about it with this new wave of uh, patriotism that it's okay and cool to be an American again. Yeah. I think we had gotten so far away from that that all of a sudden, at, at some point in time, that pendulum was going to swing backwards. Yeah. And, and with I'm the trying Trump, to push it. Yeah, well, with that Trump <laughs> we election. We all are, man. We all are. That Trump election uh, clearly demonstrated that I think the, the American people are, were tired of the direction that we were heading in. And the the, the world of political correctness, I don't want to sit here and get too deep with politics and whatnot. Of course, too late. Too late. I know. I, we have a political <laughs> candidate here on, on, on air with us. But uh, nonetheless, um, seeing how this is going, the, the, I thought the timing was really fantastic for somebody like yourself to come into this. Um, and again, because I'm a voter, I am in this district. Um, it was something that I felt extremely uh, passionate yeah. about getting behind. Uh, and I'm glad that uh, I've gotten the chance to meet you, get to know you. And turns out I knew some of your teammates, yeah. uh, good old Charles. And I had not, you know, out of all the two years, three years that I've known him, I did not know he got shot through the neck. Yeah. And uh, one side, and right? Yeah. Right how do you other. not notice that? <laughs> He wears a lot I, of collared shirts. Oh. <laughs> he's got, oh, he's got a, a whole closet that, full of turtlenecks. That, that story is amazing. I was on that that op with him. Uh, I mean, it, it literally went in one side and out the other. Like, he's got Frankenstein scars yeah. on his neck. Missed everything. And um, it missed everything. He had a sore throat. Right. And, and Just that's probably about from it. the... That's wow. about it. Guy has nine lives, man. Uh, there's other stories from that deployment, well, too. It's funny, too, is Dan, in front of a, a big crowd of fundraisers, he also said, he said, <laughs> Charles got to walk away with a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, through the neck. The, yeah. e- the easy purple yeah. heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would hurt more to get shot in the foot. Yeah. But, um, you know, nonetheless, it's, well, let's, let's, let's take this now. So, okay, so you've made that decision. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I know that was, you and your wife are, are awesome because you, I don't think you can run for political office if you don't have a strong spouse. And Tara is, mm. is, oh, yeah. is fantastic. She's, and for those of y'all that haven't met her, she's one of the sweetest people in the world you're ever going to meet. And I can see why that, that, that you guys can be such a successful team in this endeavor. And Sweet, it has but to be. she's strong. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't mess with her. But uh, so now that you, you've committed and you're running to, let's, let's talk a little bit about your policy what your platform is and, and where you see your strengths with your background. Because I know your opponent uh, has recently taken some pretty serious jabs mm-hmm. at you. Now, granted, I don't think they were wise. I don't I'm going to well go, well go with low blow. I'm yeah, there were low blows. It, it's, Rabbit yeah. punch. The, you know, the, the mudslinging the has begun. And, and uh, thank goodness you're, you're keeping above board and all that. But let's, let's let you give that opportunity to talk to yeah. the good folks about what you do stand for and what you're looking to, to accomplish once you get into office. Of course, and because we always need to remind voters that listen, you don't need me to explain who my opponent is and what his policies are. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't need him to explain who I am, what my experience is, and what my policies are. And he, he did throw some, some, some terrible insults our way, called, called what called my history uh, not dealing in the real world, right. never deal, having dealt with real-world experiences. I mean, I said it over and over again. And um, it, it is insulting. It's insulting veterans because, you know, my experience is clearly a veteran story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you're, you're clearly saying that's not real-world experience. Okay, well, we're running for a federal seat, right? And one of the main jobs of the federal government is to deal with national security issues and defense issues, intelligence issues, foreign affairs, 
Um, that's essentially why I'm running for a federal seat and say not a local or state. Uh, if anybody ever asked, like, why not start at the at the at the lower level? Well, mm-hmm. because it's not necessarily a lower level. It's a different level. Sure. Right. You deal with different issues. Um, and, and in many ways, sometimes that's more important because, I mean, I believe in local government. A big job of mine at the federal level is to be a shield against federal overreach. Sure. Um, you know, keeping those policies, decisions down at the local level. So, you know, all those things I just mentioned, now security, foreign affairs, that's what my expertise is in. Uh, it's not just combat related. It, it's working across different federal agencies, working on behind the scenes intelligence operations in the, in the Arabian Gulf, in Lebanon, in Korea. Um, that kind of experience it can't, it can't be, um, it can't be taught. It can't be replicated in talking points. You know, you have to be able to hit the ground running with some experience. Um, my master's degree is in, in federal policy. I worked on Capitol Hill right after that master's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, uh, for Congressman Pete Sessions, and uh, working on amendments in the Rural Com- Rules Committee, uh, looking through the National Defense Authorization Act, getting that behind-the-scenes look at, at legislative policy. Uh, you put all that together, and it, it, it makes for a better federal candidate. Um, you know, things I'm focused on, you asked about, you know, my priorities are going to be border security and flooding. Uh, I make those my priorities because those are the existential threats to the district. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. And um, with, with respect to border security, we've got over 50,000 apprehensions uh, recorded by Department of Public Safety just since October. We have to secure the border. We have to look at tactical ways to prevent someone from crossing from point A to point B. And from Congress, we've got to put the resources in place to do this or look for other creative ways if we're not going to get it in the budget, even mm-hmm. though somehow we can spend put a $1.3 trillion deficit, <laughs> right. um, You know, give that as a, on a silver platter for our grandchildren. But... Uh, we don't put any money in there for border security. It's just unacceptable. And I want Texas to get paid back for the money that we've put forward and that's to a lot. secure an international border. Yeah, and it's a lot. We don't, we don't want the federal government doing a lot of things, but there are things that are specifically designated to the federal government. And <laughs> that's inter- one of them. International border security is one of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and flooding. Now that needs to be now that needs to be a partnership between local, state, and federal. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we've got to make sure that you know, for instance, the, the third reservoir study takes place. That's going to be driven some, by some federal pressure, again, the Army Corps of Engineers, engineers to take that up. Uh, there's been some roadblocks on that that we're, that we're going to look into and, and make sure that happens. Uh, again, these are existential threats. You know, people oh, yeah. cannot deal with the, with the results of another Harvey. Right. We have to have the infrastructure in place to solve this. Yeah, we're still picking up the pieces from Harvey here. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you live here, so um, it's horrible. Oh. Ruined our gun range. <laughs> oh, it did, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it did. It ruined our training facility. We were shut down. Uh, just my business alone uh, was shut down for almost yeah, four months. And, you know, and it meant so. multiply that by so many businesses, and then the businesses have to make a decision on whether they want to reinvest. Right. That's correct. That, that's, and they're not going to reinvest if they think it's possible that it happens again. You know, they, you know fool me once, yeah. you know, et cetera. But um, and I want to say, too, you know, my generation is paying off a huge debt, the $21 trillion debt. That's going to be my generation's burden and, uh, and our kids be, be beyond that. And that, that's unacceptable to me. I think that's all we rally young people to the Republican Party around, mm-hmm. around our ideas of fiscal responsibility. Right. Now, we're, we're going to have to defend the fact that Republicans have not been fiscally responsible, that we only get half the equation right about lowering taxes, but you've got to lower spending too, and you've got to tackle that's the correct. hard things. We've got to tackle mandatory spending issues. That's 70% of all... Uh, of all expenditures are not even appropriated annually. I think we should need to reform the budget process. 
um, you know, for our discretionary spending. And we also need to tackle the hard things, this third rail of politics like Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. I talk about these regularly on the campaign trail, even though it's not what politicians are supposed to do. Sure. You're supposed to leave it alone. And, and right. Don't course, touch oh, it. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't touch and, it. And, and, and what, what do I do? What do I get in return? My opponent tries to find ways to attack me, calls my calls my he calls my very mainstream conservative think tank ideas liberal. I mean, it's just it's just name calling at right. this point, oh, sure. and, and none of it's true. Um, but but that's exactly why nothing gets done. It's because of politicians who don't actually care about the policy. They really don't care. Mm-hmm. They just want to be insiders. Right. Well, you know, we there was a conversation that you and I were both a part of, and I don't want to I don't want to make any commitments and and anything else. But you, there was a comment that we made, and and it's common these politicians, and I've met a number of them, and you have as well. That um, again, kind of the the power mongers, if you will. They mm-hmm. get in and they appreciate the position and the power, and then they just don't seem to ever go away. They linger mm-hmm. beyond a well use of of ever demonstrating any value as far as you know taxpayer and voters uh, constituents go. And uh, there is a common, almost um, an egocentric uh, personality that they end up becoming. They become this big persona. Whenever they're in front of a crowd, all of a sudden now they just become this instant statesman. And you used a term of this reptilian uh, appearance through their eyes. And it's true. It's almost as if they're – and I don't mean – People are out here. I'm not talking about aliens. I'm talking about <laughs> using a, a, a particular part of the brain. That's what I was thinking. Thinking yeah, Roswell. Uh, no. You know. Well, it's I'm a child. I can't he help does. it. He does. He chases UFOs and it's things true. like that. But, um, yeah. Nonetheless, it, it's it's something that I think that you see. And these people are just empty. They're right. empty vessels. They, they don't have anything caring. to offer anymore. I think, right. I think some some folks in politics eventually stop caring. And mm-hmm. it's not everybody. You know, I've gotten to know uh, different members of the House, um, different members of the State House, and there are, there are people who really care, and sure. we should really be happy that our representatives. But um, but sometimes behind them, and sometimes in the consulting agency, I, I do see that. And, and I've been very blessed with a lot of the folks that I've worked with, mm-hmm. uh, who 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 I think really do care, right. who are real people, and, and and really genuinely care about being honest. Who who don't push me to to say dishonest things. They don't push me to attack in in, in dishonest ways. And I I truly appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You know, in many ways, maybe maybe my opponent is just getting taken advantage of by a consultant who's, who's, who's by the way, has a very nasty reputation. Right. Um, and, and uh, you know, he's he's going to ruin my opponent's reputation. Yeah, bad tactics are bad tactics, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I would I would not recommend anybody hires this guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I he's think he's not I'm, endorsed by Dad Kirchhoff. Yeah. yeah. You no. know, and I, unfortunately, I feel like through media, this gets normalized to being called well, poli- it's just politics as usual. Right. But they, why they does it as, have to be? They view it as a game, and I say this a lot. Uh. Public service is not a game. My, no, my, my, my public service to me has is, is always been life and death. Mm-hmm. So when when and I and I hear that a lot too. It's just part of the game. Don't take it personally. No, 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 no. It, this shouldn't be a game because this this game is playing with people's emotions. It's the voters you're supposed to be taking care of. Your game is ta- is is playing with their emotions, trying to manipulate what they think. You call that a game? Right. It's not a game. That's not that's not a game I want to play. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you know this 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 is important. Like if you can't win honestly, um, you know what are we coming to? And we're trying to prove that you can. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, and, and the luxury I have too is especially in the veteran community is I get to talk to a lot of people after they've met you behind the scenes when it's just a, it's it's a confidential personal conversation. And the number one description that they really love about you is the same thing that I had. It's just your genuineness. 
you come across as well, you are. It's not that you come across because it's not a it's not a game and it's not a play with you uh, on anything. You're just simply genuine, and I think that is the 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 biggest thing that people are really hungry for is to see it once again becoming that value and principle within our political community yeah. that they're there first and foremost to serve. And then beyond that, yes, there's a lot of other things. There's the pomp and circumstance clearly that that yeah. uh, will will play a, a role in in any in any politician's uh, position. But nonetheless, I think the genuineness that you come across with is your number one strength. Um, you can't fake that. Maybe yeah. some people can, but I think most people. Why can are you looking at me up. when you say that? <laughs> oh, there's so this many is reasons. True why. Do you want to know the list off the top of my yeah. head, or should I get out the one I've typed up? And yeah. uh, uh, about four pages but long. Just to see you go out, like I said earlier, to see you go out, walk the streets, talk to the people, you know, and and the politicians say, We're not just go walk work. the streets. He ran his ran, entire district, which, <laughs> in my weight, I would have had a kind of heart attack. Um, it wasn't easy, man. I, yeah. I, li- I limped. I ended up limping through a lot of. That. I was going to say because you tore your finished. knee up, right? Yeah, I really. Yeah. Hurt my so, knee. <laughs> but you know, you, you hear politicians, like, as you were saying before, say, "Oh, we're going to go work the crowd. We're going to go, you know, we're going to go get this crowd worked. Yeah, we're going to work mechanical. these people. We're, yeah, everything is thought out, and it's almost maniacal, mm-hmm. right? So, I don't know if you know what that means, Rob. Uh, you know what? I, I do practice. Stu, the big can we boy get work. a dictionary mm-hmm. in here? We're going to yeah. need a dictionary. <laughs> Michael, um, so, it's that laugh you give every <laughs> single time you have a gun in your hands. <laughs> um, anyway, so it, it's it's refreshing, man, to to watch you go out there and do what you're doing. Stay true to your principles. Don't lose who you are, uh, man. I think you're going to knock it out of the park. I really do. I, I think you're going to knock it out of the park. We're at the finish line. Yeah, yeah. we're getting close. Gas pedal, man. Well, and and time wise, I know we got to get you off to your next event. I know there's some things that we want to do here while we've got you uh, uh, local. And Emrod, you're you're a busy man as well too. Doc is. I know he is really regretful that he couldn't be here today because he is he is probably your biggest fan. He is. He and likes, right now he's painting a sad face. Right yeah. now, oh, yeah. I, I'm getting texts yeah. from him as we're talking. With little sad faces, because he's a girl like that with emoji cons. And every time, called. every time I, I not only does he not get to be here, but he gets to be, get made fun of. I on know. Here. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take a picture. I'm gonna take a picture with you and just go na 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 na. Yeah, but uh, you know, Doc's favorite expression. I bring up, you know, I say the name Dan Crenshaw, and he's like, "One-eyed war pirate," and you know, just, <laughs> and that's like, uh, hopefully, I didn't blast out our. No, we didn't. All right, cool. But uh, yeah, what did we it, say it, earlier? He, don't break the equipment. Yeah, yeah, don't break the equipment. <laughs> but uh, he does. He he is entirely regretful, and I'm sure he's. Uh, if I remember correct, he's going to make a special video for you. And oh, you, know how hard <laughs> you don't want that, that man. <laughs> Take it from one of his friends. You don't want a special video from Doc. Thanks, thanks, oh, Doc. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So don't Doc, thank him yet. Doc, Watch get hot on that our... video right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Man. I'm sure he'll put it I out there. Cherish, on, on I will cherish. I will cherish it. Social media. <laughs> well, Dan, again, thank you for coming in. Glad to have you on Voc Radio. You are welcome back to the show anytime. We can talk politics. We can talk, if you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but love to have you here. Your the door is always open to you, and and anything Thanks, we guys. can do. And also, big man Sasquatch Eric Cowdery. Uh, he's another one who he's in Dallas today for an event. Who's he training? No, Travis. he's with Haley. Yeah, I'm not going to say his full name. That All is right. ridiculous. Anyway, so he's, he's with Haley Strategic Solutions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rod's going to go shed a tear really no, quick. No, I'm but not. He's jealous. No, that but, dude's on point, man. Yeah, he he's is a on good point. Instructor. Absolutely. 
So that's where he's at today, and he's also disappointed, and he sends his regrets. But uh, when you show, when we show you his kit, you'll see exactly how big this man is. I'm it's telling you right now, the biggest kit I've ever it seen. Would, it would be literally a, a, a blouse and a miniskirt for you, right? Oh, now. We, we could th- <laughs> yeah. fit three Dan Crenshaws. In yeah. <laughs> or as he likes to say, one and a half M rods going that. Yeah, day. Well, <laughs> that's correct. Hey, <laughs> all right. So, Dan, again, thank you for coming on. Glad to have you. You're welcome back anytime. Any last parting messages you've got for us? Hey, uh, early voting starts May 14th. That's correct. Through the 18th. Please get out and vote. Um, As well as we're doing right now, none of it matters if nobody gets out and votes. That's right. That is is such a big deal. The election is May 22nd, but I would recommend early voting May 14th through the 18th. That's it. And if you... uh, if you're listening to this, you live in Houston, you want to volunteer, uh, you can contact us through the show, and we will get you plugged in. All right, Dan, yep. thanks get a lot. Get off your button, vote, people. That's it. All right. Join Robin Doc, along with a whole new batch of warriors, hard asses, and pipe hitters each week over at heroesmediagroup.com. Down at your breath, take your last drink of water.